Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael. With me are, well, all of my co-hosts. It's a it's a packed house tonight. Uh, Jacob, Sarah, and Raker. Hey, everybody. Oh, yo. Uh, <laughs> all right. So horrible. <laughs> so uh, we are going to be reviewing... WandaVision, which yeah. is uh, obviously a show that's uh, right up our alley, uh, given our love for, you know, superhero genre and all things geeky. Uh, so this is a show that uh, I was really interested in watching, you know, and um, it's just, it's just, it's a show that I think... I was more intrigued with each trailer that I saw. Uh, I was trying to figure out the angle that they were going here. And I'll be honest, um, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, read uh, the comics and stuff for this. But I know that they did take some material there. And, uh, yeah, but I was really interested just watching the trailers and uh, everything. So before we get into anything... Um, how did you all kind of view this show before you ever sat down to watch it? Uh, Raker, why don't we start with you? Well, re- repeat that. Part well, again, like, like when, you know, before you ever watch a show, like we were watching the trailers yeah. for it. Like, what were your thoughts before you ever sat down to watch it based on what you were seeing? Um, my thoughts, I, I'll be honest. Like it didn't really, I, the only reason I watched it is because of my fondness for Marvel and Disney. You know what I mean? Like all the trailers, all the stuff, you know, if you want to call it the hype for it, I wasn't intrigued by it. I just knew being that it was a Disney product, a Marvel product that I should watch it. So, 
that's kind of what, you know, I went into it kind of fairly low expectations, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I went into yeah. it being peer pressured by everybody here. What? We would, ne- <laughs> we would never do that. Come on. Uh, we are not the peer pressure types. Um, we only threaten with lives. You know, <laughs> but I will say, like Elizabeth Olsen was just man. She is made for this role. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's really great. Oh yeah. Uh, what about you, Jacob? Uh, I was actually really excited because I, having read some of the comics, I was really curious to see how they were going to go about handling the death of Vision and him being brought back and. All of the weird situation that Wanda ended the movies with. Because, yeah, and how they were going to bring it all together. Because it wasn't supposed to be the first Marvel property in the new phase, but it ended up being it. So I was just itching for something Marvel <laughs> for so long. So I like I just I got hyped and excited Probably unnecessarily so because that could have very easily the show could have ended up bombing horribly. Um, yeah, if not done right, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, all right. So so let's jump into things here. Uh, so One Division was a 2021 release. Uh, came out March 31st. Uh, I'm sorry, not March 31st. Um, actually, that is completely wrong. Uh, when did it come out? It was January. I got that wrong. It was released. January 15th. So, yeah, it was released January 15th uh, of this year. Uh, written by uh, Jack Schaefer. Uh, directed by Matt, uh, Matt Shakeman. Runtime total, five hours and uh, 50 minutes. Uh, budget of $200 million, released on Disney+. And stars are, of course, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Evan Peters, Kat Dennings, Catherine Hahn. There are others, but those are basically your headliners right there. Um, plot synopsis essentially is that Wanda Maximoff appears uh, to be in the 1950s television sitcom with Vision as her husband. Uh, Little details are off, and before long, it's apparent that things are not quite as they seem to be. Uh, The the sitcoms change uh, decades from the 50s to the 60s, 70s to the 80s, and so on, uh, during which the outside world becomes aware that Wanda has taken over a town and its inhabitants' minds to create her own perfect world in which she and Vision are together, living, living happily ever after. So there you go. One vision in a nutshell, basically. Yep. Can't say I blame her. Um, so let, let's start out before we dive into anything. Let's start out with just our general thoughts in the show. Um, so this one, I, like I said, I, I was intrigued by this. Um, I was excited. Every trailer I watched really seemed to be hitting the buttons for me. A lot of that came down with the fact that it was just a different look, you know, to the show. Obviously, there's a different conceit there as well. You know, it, if there's a 
a criticism at times, I think you can level up Marvel, it's that uh, sometimes things begin to feel too samey-samey, right? Mm. Um, everything kind of feels like it, you know, it's a Marvel movie, right? So it's got, they all got the same kind of look for the most part, um, you know, high quality, of course, uh, all that stuff. The, and the special effects, obviously, all, almost always seem to just be great. But the you don't feel like at times they take enough chances. Now they do, and they have. Uh, so I'm not here to say like, oh, this just is a broad criticism of Marvel with all of their movies. But as good as they are, sometimes you don't feel they take chances. And with this show, I feel like they they do. Um, because, and we'll get to this, I mean, there is, at the end of this show, things kind of play out as I would expect they would if this were a movie. Um, but I feel like there are enough chances being taken with the show, uh, how things progress, the very nature of the show itself, uh, the setup and everything, and what the show really is all about. And I think when combining all those things together, I feel like the show really stands out as a particularly good show um, in general, I think. But I think a really, really good show for Marvel, uh, it helps uh, that it feels different. It looks different than anything that they've done. Now, granted, this is the first TV show. Um, but even compared to the movies and everything, this this is just different. And obviously, given that the characters appear to be in like a sitcom and it starts out in the 50s and then kind of moves on through the decades and, you know, different sitcoms and all that stuff, uh, it's just, it's great to me. I really enjoy it. Um, had a lot of fun with it. But I think the fact that at its core, um, it's really, it's it's touching on something very, emotional and and painful and uh for all of that i feel like it kind of adds a weight and gravitas to the show that i didn't expect because i didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen so uh somebody you know those are my general thoughts before we get into anything spoilery um uh, i guess outside of the uh, synopsis so hey spoiled um but uh, anyway, uh, Jacob, uh, why don't you jump in and give me your general thoughts for this? Uh, I loved it. Like the detail they did with the first half of the series of making each episode feel like a different iconic show was probably one of the coolest things I think they could have done. Because they didn't like, they they had fun with it, but they didn't, you know, go too off the rails. Because like they could have easily gone nuts and went way overboard, but they they did just such a great job with that that I feel like it really, when the payoff of why they did it comes through, it hits so well, mm-hmm. and the theme of of this show just heartbreaking and amazing and well done. And the fact that it is such a different formula, a different 
like a different just thing that they decided to do with this show was just superbly done. Uh, yeah. Um, I totally agree. Sarah, what, uh, what are your thoughts after having seen it? Finally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, peer pressure, but I really, I really enjoyed watching this. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic. You know, you have the very saturated, sweet nature of like the 50s style, 60s style era where everything is so sugar-coated and everything's wonderful. And I like that it's all juxtaposed with these like cracks that happen, you know, moments where things like are breaking through or just, you know, she's starting to realize what she's done, even though she's trying to ignore it. Uh, it's really it really creates a really interesting dynamic and how it builds up towards the end. Just, it's really climactic. It worked really well. Everything was kind of a really subtle beginning and just escalated. And then throwing in the other witch coming in is, was a real left. (laughs) It came out of left field, but it were all worked really great. Yeah. Uh, Riker, uh, what are your general thoughts? General thoughts, um, you know, uh, you know, it's no secret, and I think most of us are on the same boat. Like those first two, three episodes, I was really worried. Like mm-hmm. uh, the only reason I got through three was because of everyone else telling me, just get through number three and you'll be all right. And so I did, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just thought it was very well done. It is. I think Jake said it best, the fact that it was like a different formula compared to what we – are used to seeing, I guess. Um, you know, anyone that just watched Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, you know, that's a little bit more our typical, you know, Disney Marvel type formula. Uh, as to where this one definitely had a lot more, you know, emotion and, you know, uh, the whole, you know, they're a couple and, you know what I mean? Like it was definitely deeper than what you would have expected. But no, overall, yeah. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it, um, but but I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, yeah. Um, I uh, let's you know let's now just kind of dive right in. Okay, we kind of been uh, not really saying anything that's diving into the plot or anything here, but uh, let's let's jump into to that. So, uh, yeah, the first three episodes of this sh- of this show are. I think it, you know, how you perceive and like them comes down to whether you feel like you're banging your head against the wall trying to figure out what's going on. You know something is wrong, something is off, right? From the from the the pilot all the way, you know, episode 1 all the way on through episode, you know, 3 when it's clear it becomes increasingly clear that things are off, right? Um, so, you know, one of the things that really I thought was kind of great, um, we don't know anything that's going on. All we know, we get introduced to um, to Wanda, and she's you know, in this 1950s sitcom, kind of like a mixture between, say, I Love Lucy and kind of, I don't know, uh, Father Knows Best or, uh, 
something like that, right? And, you know, Vision's there, and you're like, okay, well, Vision's dead. You know, what? how's this even possible? So you don't know what's going on. But as the first episode kind of goes along, you think something's off here. I don't know what it is. And then it kind of culminates in that dinner with uh, Vision's boss, where he's choking, and his wife, uh, played by the actress that was in that uh, that '70s show, uh, yeah. she's kind of just she first she says stop it, and she's laughing, and she keeps saying it to her husband, and then she looks at Wanda and says stop it, stop it, and that's the first moment that you really know something is off here because then she kind of looks at Vision and says you know Vision help him or something. And then she, you know, vision takes the food out and then the guy just gets up and goes home. Like nothing ever, nothing happened. Um, so, you know, you're thinking, okay, these people were robots. Um, and then episode two, we jump ahead to the sixties, right? Um, right. Is that right? Is it the sixties or the seventies? I think it's the sixties. Oh, is it sixties? Yeah. Sixties. Um, you know, and so in, in one of the cool things about episode one is that it's shot in the 4-3 ratio, right? So the way, so the way, the way each sitcom, each episode, the sitcom that they're kind of emulating, they shoot in the same style that they shot the sitcom at at those times. So, you know, back in the 50s, they shot, you know, 4-3, and then you jump. In. Oh, and by the way, not just that, it's the same lighting as well. So they use the same, not just the same techniques, but literally the same lights that they used. So they do all that. And then as we progress through, you know, episode two and episode three and so on, you know, the, you get the live audience stuff and then that kind of fades out of use. And then, uh, and then we kind of, you know, obviously we eventually we get into closer to present day, you know, sitcoms. Um, so, you know, the first three episodes culminating in the magical, I guess, birth of Wanda's kids, which appears, she appears to get pregnant and then have kids, like, in snap of the finger. Um, and then the 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 woman, uh, I can't think of her name right now, that she ends uh, up throwing. Um, oh, uh, Monica Rambeau. Monica Rambeau, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, ends up throwing her, uh, and then we don't find out what that really even means until the next episode. But the first three episodes, I think, I can understand why that could be a little confusing. Uh, like when she and Vision go outside, and the manhole cover opens up, and the guy comes up, and you, you know, and she's just like, no. And then all of a sudden, kind of things go blurry, and then all of a sudden, they're back in their house. And you don't know what that means, right? And so it's not really until the fourth episode that we really understand, you know, what's going on, which really is the the fact that uh, Wanda is, you know, she is, uh, she's taken over this island called Westview. We get introduced to, to Monica Rambeau and... She goes to investigate Westview, this thing, and turns out, you know, Wanda's in there. She's controlling all the all the inhabitants, inhabitants, basically making them play out things like things are in a sitcom. And she accidentally created the vision that we see in the show, uh, 
like herself. Uh, it wasn't her intention, of course, but she did it. And all the house that, that I think Vision had purchased for her or something, they, they were going to move there and they were going to build this house. And that, of course, never happened given the events that, uh, of uh, uh, Infinity War. And uh, so she ends up creating this house, Vision, and then this town. And yeah, and the, the sitcoms are a reflection of how she grew up in her... in. Um, uh, Sokovia. Sokovia, uh, watching old, well, old up to present day uh, sitcoms, American sitcoms with her family before they they were killed. So, you know, what did you think leading up to the moment where we kind of like get to like episode four where we, we finally fully understand what's basically going on? Like, how did you guys all feel when you, like, up through episode four, when you really got all that information that you needed to understand what was happening? Uh, I think, yeah, go ahead. You know, I think most of us kind of knew what was going on. I'm not going to lie. After the first episode, I was like, what? Then after the second episode, and I noticed, you know what I mean? It was this time change of, you know, sitcoms and stuff. Then I started putting two and two together. But, you know, having a little background with the comic character, knowing that how she can alter realities and, you know, so forth. I was like, yeah, I'm starting to get a clue as to what's going on here. And I was all right with it. You know what I mean? Like, I was still a little bored. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, please don't tell me that it's going to take till episode seven before we're in modern day. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little worried about that, that, you know. I was hoping they weren't going to go back and forth, back and forth um, between, you know, different time frames. But luckily they didn't. You know, luckily they hit a certain point where all the episodes were taking place in the quote unquote current. So, but, you know, I mean, I, I kind of I think most of us figured that out, kind of out, you know, at least kind of in, in a vague way. I think we kind of knew what was going on. Am, am I wrong on that? Yeah. After the fourth episode, I mean, it definitely became yeah. quite clear what was going on and what was leading up to and might I add that it works so well that when everything the end is like going to hell it ends up being like the time period of you know 2000s to current (laughs) I mean that just it suits it so well (laughs) yeah yeah it did (laughs) what about you uh Jacob oh yeah no uh I'm in kind of a similar boat as uh Raker I I know of like the comic book characters' powers and like some of the stories, so I was just like, "All right, this is where we're going with it. What 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 little nods are they gonna do? Are they gonna make any references to this or that?" And I was just, I was kind of like Ready Player One with it. I was looking oh. for any little Easter egg, even though some of it was a little bit slower. I was like, "All right, let me let me see what's gonna happen. What's." What's going to be in the background? Is there anything going to be sticking out that like they just do really subtly? So I, I, yeah, I, by the time it got to episode four, it was just really nice to see exactly how she went about altering reality. So that was really, really cool. And I, I don't know. I appreciated the slow build because, you know, got to make it hit a little bit harder. Well, I think the slow build helps in some ways because it really, you know, you're basically cemented into the world without understanding what's going on. So all you can do is really kind of follow the events as they play out. And, 
if they'd have been quicker, I could argue that might have helped a bit in some respects. But I think by kind of just immersing you in this world that sh- that they're in, you know, and just the like the first couple of episodes, a lot of the stuff that they're going through are just the old plot lines from like you know sitcoms of the era, which were everything revolved around very slapsticky, boring ish, you know stuff. I mean, I looked at the the list, the official list of of the episodes that the sitcoms were based on was uh episode 1 was based basically on on the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh then you had Bewitched for episode 2, The Brady Bunch for uh episode 3. Uh Family Ties is episode 4 and then Malcolm in the Middle and uh and then after that Modern Family. And so that's really your you know, your sitcom homages. Um, so, you know, from there, uh, and I'm just kind of sticking more or less right now talking about Wanda on that side. We can talk about uh, Monica and everything else that uh, we'll get to. But uh, episode, you know, from episode, after episode four, um, the show really picks up steam, right? Because now that we know what's really going on, that she's kind of forcing everybody to just behave like they're in these sitcoms and kind of inhabit these roles. And that also, by the way, includes vision. Um, we get to see, and vision, by the way, is fighting this. When he's, he, he starts to really understand something is going on. Uh, he's a character. He has his own mind, of course, and he's starting to feel like something's off, but he's also kind of being pressured and forced to, I don't know if forget per se, um, but he kind of knows something's wrong and yet still has to kind of do what he's got to do to fulfill the functions of the episode. So he's kind of like struggling to uncover what the truth is, what's going on here. And, um, you know, the kids are growing up quickly, uh, by the way, uh, very quickly. And, uh, you know, then, then we get to, you know, towards the end of the last couple of, you know, episodes when we get the reveal of, uh, um, that there's been a, a player in all this that we didn't, we didn't suspect, uh, what was her name? Uh, Agatha? Ag- Agnes. Uh, uh, Agnes. Yeah. yeah Agnes. Yeah. So, you know, the next door neighbor, Agnes. the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her real name was Agatha. Hardwick. Agatha. Right. right. Agnes. Right. right. And she was in the comics, she was a mentor for Scarlet Witch. Um, kind of helped, I guess, what teach her how to use her powers and to really use them at their fullest. And uh here though, she is a witch who grew up in Westview, um, had killed very, you know, very dark too. These these scenes that you know that introduce uh, her real identity and who she is, like when she basically sucks the life force out of her mother, <laughs> the coven. or the coven of yeah. witches. I mean, it was actually pretty dark, a lot darker than I thought that they would be willing to go, frankly. Um, and you know, so she has been living in this town. Now, you you could argue. And it's a fair criticism, I think, that, wow, you know, it just happens to be that there's a witch living in uh, Westview um, that, uh, you know, she has to contend with. Um, 
And I think it's a fair criticism, like, okay, boy, there just happens to be a witch that lives here. But, um, you know, apart from that, I don't really have any complaints. Um, you know, it's like you just happen to move to a town. You know, if you're a cop, you just happen to move to a town that uh, there's um, a, I don't know, I guess if you're like watching the Americans, you happen to move to a town where there just happens to be Russian spies that live next door to you or something. Um, and you're searching for Russian spies. Uh, what, what, what's the uh, what's the chance? But um, anyway. Well, they so, never actually say if she originally lived there. I thought that I thought that was her. Like I thought that I thought that she had lived in Westview. I could be wrong, but I thought she had lived in Westview her whole life. That uh, when she killed that coven of witches, it was was it in the old you know Westview at that time. You know, well, I mean, it is up in the area of Salem, so it could explain why she might just true. be around that area. True, mm. that that's a fair point. I, 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 that's a good point. I, I didn't think of that. Um, yeah. so, so you know, obviously, she encounters Agatha, and um, you know, Agatha and her kind of, you know, well, they don't, <laughs> they don't really mesh well, given that Agatha basically wants to, you know her to kind of teach her how she does what she does because Agatha for all of her her intelligence and all of her knowledge does not have the kind of power that Scarlet Witch has um just that just that that pure level of power uh and you know she threatens the kids and kind of reveals that this whole time that she's been she's been playing this role in the sitcoms Right, so Scarlet Witch comes to town. She takes over everybody, kind of forces them to, you know, inhabit this uh, these sitcoms. Um, and so Agatha has just been playing along, you know, fulfilling a role, quote unquote. But the whole time, of course, she has just been play acting, doing her part until she could strike. And, and here we are. Uh, so let's hold off on that. Let's let's hold off on that for now, uh, and let's talk about uh, the other part of this plot, which is the outside world. So Monica gets sucked in to Westview. She kind of touches this forced. It's basically, it's a force field. It kind of hides what's going on inside. She gets pulled into the town, and she is suddenly inhabiting a role that. Uh, you know, Wanda is forcing her to do. And uh, when that happens, uh, everybody gets called in. Um, and, you know, they surround the place. Uh, and it, things kind of get, well, things get a little crazy because Wanda doesn't exactly want visitors and she doesn't want anybody to, you know, get in her way. Uh so what did you guys think of of kind of where we're at uh, at this point uh, with the plot where everybody kind of comes in and, you know, we know what Wanda's doing now. They know what Wanda's doing. And that also means we get to see uh, some some characters that we haven't seen for a while. So... Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't call in more reinforcements of like other Avengers to come and be like, talk some sense into her. Like they still tried to handle it on their own. (laughs) That's probably like I expected somebody to show up. 
Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think that that is just a product of not wanting to have to deal with that kind of plot issue. Uh, just any, wanting and, to pay well, another $20 million. Right. You can make that argument well, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. And any show, like, you know, we always did said that about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., too. Like, why don't you just call in the big guns if you're dealing with something like this? But if you do that, then your show... You know, you're just always calling in the big guns anytime you encounter something that's uh, even just a little difficult. So, well, I uh, think one big thing to keep in mind is this is merely a few weeks after yeah. Endgame. Yeah, that's <clears throat> so true. like there's people that are on the Avengers. Some of the ones that are still alive just got brought back. So like yeah. Doctor Strange is probably still trying to make sure everything is good with the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh. Thor is off in space with the Guardians. Cap and uh, Tony are gone. Falcon and I mean, what? No offense to Falcon, but what good is he going to be against that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I, I think it's just one of those things. Like, a lot of the Avengers may be just trying to recuperate from a lot of the endgame stuff. So that is. I mean, that's kind of like what we saw with her, too. Yeah. Like, she's still just now getting to deal with Infinity War and Endgame in that five-year period where right. everything was gone. Like, yeah. And that, to me, is one of the most... The, one of the best scenes in this entire show was the beginning of Episode 4 where Monica appears. And she thinks that, you know, she just dropped... You know, her mom just left for surgery... And she's, you know, that scene where she's running out in the hall and people are appearing and she doesn't know what's going on and people around her are just running everywhere. They're freaking out. Why? Because everyone's coming back from the snap, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and then you know, she encounters the doctor who has, you know, she's been dealing with and, and that's when she informs her, like, you disappeared like five years ago. Your your mother was fine, and but unfortunately she passed away like, I don't know what you say, like two years ago. So it it's this um it was very it was a great scene. It was it really was because um it really it, in a lot of ways, you know, as we see Monica is dealing a lot with what Wanda's dealing with uh as well because you know, she just lost her mom just through no fault of her own from a snap that she had no control over that she disappeared and came back and now her mom is gone. Surgery was great, but, you know, um, and then think about that. Her daughter disappeared, and I'm sure her mom was devastated, and, and, you know, cancer came back, and she died, and never got to see her daughter again. Now her daughter's back, and, you know, she's been gone for five years. So I think that that, you know, that scene was great, and I think it really uh, lets you know that these characters are all dealing with stuff. You know, they're all dealing with their own demons, and, and that includes Monica. Um, so, so then everyone kind of gets there. We get to meet Darcy Lewis, uh, who we haven't seen since mm-hmm. Thor two. Um, you love her. Uh, I do too. I've always liked her character. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she's always got that little bit of a smart ass kind of, you know, spunkiness to her that, uh, that is nice. Um, and, and I, and I like Kat Dennings as an actress. Um, yeah, never, I never really liked, uh, two broke girls. I know there are a lot of people that love that show. It wasn't really you know, my jam, but, but that, it's not, it's not her, right. I'm not, you know, I'm not, 
nothing wrong with, with her. It's just I wasn't a big fan of the show, but I like her as an actress. And uh, so it was nice to see her character. Um, but the the head of that, uh, I can't think of his name right now. He, what, a, what a... Hayward. Or Haywood. <sighs> Man, that guy, that guy is... I mean, he's come from like a long line of just moronic, you know, heads of departments and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. you'd swear like, they all—he's a psychopath. Like, he well, they... doesn't care if he kills Wanda or her children. No, <laughs> he, he did not give a damn. He, he was, just wants—he uh, he just wants vision. <laughs> I mean, the actor did a great job of like portraying a character you just you want to hate, and everybody does. Like, mm-hmm. he, he was like the Joffrey of this show like everybody hated this guy <laughs> he's like he's like that character um you've all seen die hard right of course yeah. okay so he's like um uh i can't think of the actor's name but he's the 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 principal from the breakfast club oh, <laughs> right remember remember he shows up on the scene and he's just the worst i mean he's the absolute worst he he thinks it's all a bunch of ridiculousness he doesn't listen to anything it's just, he's the worst guy. I would never want him on the scene ever if I had, my life was at stake. Um, And he's just like that. This character is just like that. He, he makes all of the absolute worst decisions. Doesn't listen to anybody. Doesn't want, you know, he just, he wants what he wants. That's it. uh, Deal with it. And um, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Um, So that, that, uh, (laughs) So we got to deal with that, and uh, so you know, Darcy comes in. They start picking up on things. They, you know, Dar- and I love how like they're so totally invested in the the story on the show. You know, they're watching this whole play out, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, they just had kids," and they're like, "Oh, this happened, this happened." It's like, "Oh man, did you just see that?" Which I thought was just, it was just really funny. I, I enjoyed that. Um, it was adorable when they're watching it, and uh, she says. Uh, they're talking about the kids, and she's like, "Do you want some?" Hand, like offering the chips, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to have kids one day." <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, "Chips." Yeah, like, chips. I'd love to see Darcy and Jimmy Woo's characters just like team up and be like the science nerds of this. Yeah, that'd be fine by me. Um, so, so ultimately, you know, some things happen here. Vision ultimately, uh, the Halloween episode, he ends up kind of really figuring it out. He tries to leave, and when he tries to leave, followed by his kids who try to come help him because they have powers as well. And one of them, you know, has kind of got this like psychic. He can hear his father. He can see what's going on. He can pinpoint where he's at. They try to leave, and. When Vision does that, he literally is is being disintegrated. So what it turns out is is he cannot leave this place. If he leaves, he will die. He will he will disappear. Uh, same with the kids, which we'll get to. Um, and but in this episode, he kind of figures out what's really going on. He finally understands the full breadth of of what Wanda is doing. Um. And then we move into the kind of Malcolm in the Middle uh, slash. Uh, um, modern, family. modern family episode where uh, this is where we get introduced to Agatha um, and it's just it's a really great turn there I, I, I enjoy the fact this character's been hiding in plain sight the whole time uh, so this is also you know around the time that, that 
we as as audience members really fully begin to understand what Wanda has done to this town and it's we root for her but at the same time she is controlling these inhabitants making them feel her pain and constantly and uh it's it makes you realize that Wanda is doing a terrible thing right now. She really is. Uh, It's something that may be unforgivable in a lot of ways. So uh, it ends basically with a battle between um, Agnes slash Agatha and Wanda and then the two visions. And, you know, through all this, we get to see how Wanda went to visit Vision, who was basically just a wreck, uh, and she ends up... Um, you know, leaving and how she created the town and and everything. And it ends with this battle between Agatha and Wanda where earlier, I think in the episode prior, Agatha trapped Wanda with these symbols that she used, which, you know, Wanda could not use her powers because of it. And up in the sky, Wanda ends up doing the same thing in the sky. And it it allows her to take, you know, well, to keep uh, Agatha from using her powers, and then she's able to enslave her, forcing her ultimately to to become her original character, but really become that character. Yeah, and that then, is hell. <laughs> right, and and you know, there's this 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 big battles that go on and everything, and the and the kids and all that, and um, and so. But the realization, ultimately, the understanding is that this can't go on. She has to let the town go, and ultimately, she has to let all of this go, meaning that uh, Vision, all of it, the kids. So they go back to the house, and she kind of lets go, and the, the bubble that's surrounding the town kind of begins to contract, and it's ter- everything that's turned into these sitcom things turn into their original whatever they were. But, you know, things turn back into buses and signs, present-day signs, or, well, old, older signs for the sitcom become the correct signs for today. Houses and all that stuff, it all becomes what it should be. And as this is happening, she's like, saying goodbye to her kids. Um, she's saying goodbye to Vision, all of this. And finally, it, you know, hits their house. The house disappears she and Vision are holding each other. Vision disappears. The kids disappear. All of it. And she's ultimately left to her grief. And I think through it all, and I think that's the thing that we... You know, well, actually, let me do this. Um, now that we've gone through the whole... Kind of talked about the whole show in general. Um, did you like Did you like the, the, the reveal of Agatha and the whole end of the show, or did you feel like it was a little too much like every Avengers movie or, or superhero movie that we watch, right? I mean, do you feel like, I mean, I, that's my only real criticism, I guess, with this show is that I felt like at the end, it just, it felt like it was something that we've seen a lot, right? We, we meet some villain, um, and I know this happens all the time, and it's based on comics, I get that. But it felt like it was a little too much like a lot of the stuff that we've seen 
And I, th- I just think that in this show, which tried to be so different, it kind of felt like it was very similar in the last few episodes. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts? Raker, what did you think of the kind of the back half? It was tough for you getting through the first half of the show. What was the back half like in, in definitely the end? Uh, the second half, the back half, uh, I was definitely more interested in what was going on with Vision than I was with uh, Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was really disinterested in Agatha, or what's her name? Agnes. Agnes. Yeah. Agnes. Yeah, you know, and I think the main thing is, and this is my, you know, predisposition, is the actress that played her. She's always been in, like, comedic roles and whatever, and I just couldn't take her seriously as the baddie. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. No matter what, you mm-hmm. know, I kept seeing uh, Step Brothers. Was she in the? She was yeah, Brothers, that was right? it. Step Brothers. Yeah, yep. like I'm sorry. I mean, I just can't. I couldn't get past that. But that's and her makeup was Brothers. like a little costume story. Yeah, and I, and I don't think she really portrayed evil. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think she. You know, she just didn't strike me as being able to be evil. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever watched uh, Little Things or what is it called? Little Lies, Pretty Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. No, not Pretty Little Lies. Um, or, the one on on HBO. What's that called? But, uh, um, oh, uh, <sighs> oh, God. Anyway, Meryl Streep. You know what I mean? Who's like, Big Little you know, Lies? Just, obviously, it's Meryl yeah. Streep. But she, like, by the end of it, she portrayed like a really bad person, and. Agnes here uh, just couldn't do it. I, I think that's, you know, I, when I started watching the back half of uh, WandaVision, I, I was more interested in seeing uh, the white vision, vision, um, and seeing how that all panned out in the end. You know, even the kids with Wiccan, and uh, I don't know the other kid's name, but Wiccan's obviously a comic character. Mm-hmm. Speed. Oh, is it? Okay. I think it's just speed. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? I was more interested in all that because the whole, the whole, Agnes thing just turned me off, and mostly it was because of the actress. I just, I just didn't see her being evil. I don't know why. I, she just never. I think they did that on purpose, though. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's one of the things we kind of had. I wouldn't say thrown in our face a lot, but like they were really trying to show was that like no, like the main person we're supposed to be kind of like cheering on isn't necessarily good. She's not purely good either. Like, I don't think Agnes is necessarily meant to be just, like, pure evil or, like, truly just an evil person or evil character. Because, like, honestly, like, the first thing we saw her in her witch stuff, she was going to be killed and reacted in just defense to kill her coven off. So I I just think the actress didn't pull it off for me. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, she just didn't. She just, she didn't. At any point, I was just like, oh, stepbrothers. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I know I shouldn't do that. You know, I shouldn't pigeonhole these actors she, and actresses, but she did. I could have gotten over, you know, like her not having this comedic, you know, presence about herself. But it was the makeup they chose to when she's the witch that uh, really just took me out of it because it right. looked like something that like a 10 year old put on. Like right. it. It didn't make any it sense. It did look a little... And, and, what, and why not Mephisto? Yeah. You know, I wanted Mephisto see? so bad. Everyone wanted Mephisto so bad. I think like... they would have if they would have had some more time. I think, oh, yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the things, like, even with 
Falcon and Winter Soldier and some of the other stuff. Like everything has just been kind of screwed with because of COVID. Yeah. Well, explain white vision. Like that's the one part I, I think it's a comic book thing. And that's why I don't really understand like why white vision came in here and where he came from. Um, Riker, do you want to, or you want me to explain? You, you go ahead because I've, uh, you know, vision was never my cup of tea. I always thought his design was really cool, but I, I was never a huge Avengers yeah, I was more of an X-Men guy. so Understandable. I mean, honestly, they did a great job of portraying how, in the comics, White Vision came to be. He right. was literally a reassembled body of Vision, had his emotions, his humanity wiped from him, and tried to be used as a weapon. A weapon. Yeah. yeah. So he like was essentially it, those disembodied body parts of vision uh, yeah he, he was basically yeah he was a controlled version of vision that had was supposed to have no emotion no attachment to people and humanity gotcha. and meant to be used by the government mm-hmm. um so it, it, they actually did a really great job of that that was, was so well done um because yeah and then in the comics he does get kind of <laughs> his mind snapped back not by you know, another embodied version of vision, but, um, yeah, that, that was really cool. I really appreciated that, uh, that little detail. That was so fun. Although that actor screwing with every single fan. I don't know if anyone noticed this Paul Bettany before the white vision T appearance teased that there was a huge name in acting that he absolutely respected was going to make a cameo soon referring to himself as white vision <laughs> that and, sounds just like him uh, yeah and he came out in an interview after the fact saying that he was saying it just to be funny and joke with people and he did not realize everyone was going to go crazy with it yeah and so How when he saw not- all the theories he was like well, damn, that would have been good. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> he was... writing it. <laughs> but oh man, Paul Bettany, yeah, the trolley. It's like Captain America at the end of Homecoming level troll. Um, so let, let's let's briefly touch on what this show was really about, which ultimately was grief. And I think that this, if you know, like, if there's any criticisms you want to level at this show, that's fine. But I think the thing that really brings this show to a higher level for me is that, and look, I think Scarlet Witch is definitely, um, you know, she's done something terrible here. Uh, She has enslaved a town for her own selfish reasons, but it's through, it's for grief. It's because she has dealt, she's dealing with grief. She lost vision. She's been gone for five years. Um, All this terrible stuff that has happened and she's trying to hide away from the world. And that's ultimately what this has all been about. Hide away from the world and ultimately hide away from her grief by creating a world in which Vision is still alive and she can be happy. It, it creates, she's creating the safe, the safe place for her that the, the sitcoms used to provide for her back when her parents were alive and her, and her brother was alive and they used to sit and watch these sitcoms while bombs and bullets and stuff were being shot and going off all around them, right, in Sokovia. So 
what I think really makes this show excellent is that through everything that you you go through in this season, this series, it's all in service of this of this thing, which is just unimaginable grief and her attempting to come to terms with that grief. Uh, and I think it's it's great. I, I you know I think what she does is it's just it's awful, right? But I I empathize with her anyway. So did all of you like ultimately that the show like whatever whatever flaws it may have, I think, you know, did you all feel the same way that, that ultimately, given that this is all centered around that, that it really helps make this show something special because it really kind of gives a, a gravitas to the whole series because of it. Uh, do you have the same opinion or do you have different opinions? No, I think, I think we can all agree that, you know, it's, very prominent it's a very unique look at someone's grief I mean we get touches of like other people how they're dealing with the after after everything and it makes sense that Wanda would do this she has the ability I mean like um oh, what was her name again we just said her name uh, um, Agnes and Monica. Oh, Monica, like Monica said, oh, right, right. if she oh, had the ability to bring back her mother, she would. Like, you know, it, it's something any of us would do. And to also be strong enough to take it all away from yourself for the better good. I mean, that's that's strength. And I think, I, don't know, I think it's represented really well. Oh yeah, um, especially in like the scenes where we get the flashbacks for Wanda uh, as a as a little girl and uh, and her time with Vision and mourning Pietro originally, <laughs> like yeah, wow, that scene yeah still just and they did such a great job of portraying in probably the most simple manner, but the most effective manner of how grief really is in in so many ways. Instead of like some shows or some properties have so many issues with like overbloating some of these very common emotions, very common issues. And, and this, it, it did have that, bloating it up a lot at the very beginning, but it brought it back down and, and gave it that really centered foundation that makes it actually still just tie back to what everyone, everyone's experience. Everyone knows what it's like to lose somebody. Yeah. Uh, Raker, do you feel the same way? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more of a popcorn guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when that stuff starts to, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I'm glad it's written in the stories and such, especially this one, but I don't know. I, I to be honest, I really didn't think about it a whole lot. <laughs> Not gonna yeah, lie. I mean, I like, I like breezy, feel good stuff too. And it's nice to just sit and watch a show. I think that just, you know, it's fun. Yeah. But I think when a sh- uh, they can inject a story with something, that makes you feel like the weight of what you have witnessed, or the, the, the way you, well, let me reverse that. 
when they can inject something into a show in which what you have witnessed has more weight because of it, right? So in this case, because she's suffering for such grief, if she just made this world, right, for for kicks, you know, okay, fine, but like it doesn't, it feels a little flimsy to me. But because it's it's because she's trying to deal with this loss that she suffered and she can't and she doesn't want to and she becomes selfish and she does this for her own selfish right. purposes. I think that that gives, well, gives you a reason for one, why, why it's happening, but it also kind of injects some real weight there. So I think that's a good thing. Um, all right, before we, we get done here, uh, two things I want to quickly talk about. One, I think, is the special effects. Um, Riker, what did you what would you say you thought of the special effects for, for the show? I thought they were good. I don't know if they were quite movie quality. Uh, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they were great. You know, they were better than average TV. I think they're definitely better than, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah, Type definitely. special effects. Uh, you can tell Disney Plus is definitely up the ante. Uh, probably, probably only Amazon or HBO is better at this point with special effects, possibly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'll say very. I'd say very good. Very good. You know, very very good for TV. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, what about cinema style? You know? No, no. I, I I agree. Look, I think that they are. are they definitely work. And I think yeah, that for the go. most part, I think they'll hold up quite well over time. If you watch this in five years, I don't think you're going to go, oh, man, the special effects have not aged well. I think right. they actually will be quite good. Uh, Raker, or not Raker, uh, Jacob, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the effects were really surprising for a show. And being the fact that it's it takes something to beat it to be something like Game of Thrones or something along those lines to really get anything too much better in a series uh, really shows that Disney, I know a lot of people were concerned in this shows Disney's willing to put the effort into their series <clears throat> because there, there's always that thought of like, oh, who needs to watch the series when you can just watch the movie? There's no reason for them to put effort into it or tie it in at all. And the effects really show that they're willing to, because that's where a lot of the money is going to go. Yeah. So to me, it, it really shows how invested Disney is with these shows. Okay. Uh, Sarah. Yeah, no, I thought they were great for what they were. You know, I, very few times did I think that you know they weren't good enough. Maybe just a couple, like when Vision's fighting uh, other Vision, um, did it kind of look cheap at times? But that that was it for the most part. Effects were very well done, especially early on when they made it look you know older, but still you know modern. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very well done. When they get to the end, it's very much you know your typical Marvel effects mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're used to yeah all right um and before we wrap up here let's talk about the acting in this show um i personally feel like um elizabeth olsen was just the bomb in this show um i think she was fantastic she inhabited uh different sitcom moms 
right? Uh, the the speaking patterns, uh, uh, everything. I mean, the mannerisms of you know, go back to the pilot episode, right? I mean, she is she is definitely in you know Mary Tyler Moore, you know era, uh, Dick Van Dyke uh, kind of era of of housewife, and she just is great. And with each and every single character like she portrays all the way up to you know julie bowen uh in modern family uh she just inhabits these characters so well on top of just wanda herself i to me personally and i don't say this lightly um but i i really feel like she gave a real i think a real tour de force performance here uh level whatever criticism you want i think is fine but for me personally i feel like it's no easy task to do this much because you're you're trying to be so many different characters out of necessity given the plot and what they're trying to do with the show and I think she was great as for everybody else I think they were I think everyone was good I mean I agree Raker I think that uh Catherine Hahn I think she I think she was a little lacking there I, I didn't love her performance. I didn't have I don't think I have as much issues, but I, I think she probably didn't work for me as much either. But I think everybody else was was really great. Um they all gave really good performance. And Paul Bettany, I think he doesn't get enough uh attention for his acting. I think he did a really great job as well. So um Raker, why don't you give me give me your opinion on the acting? Uh, I agree pretty much with everything you said. I, I do, you know, I, I always knew Elizabeth Olsen um, was a good actress. Um, I think she did a great job. And why I agree with Paul Bettany, I think Paul Bettany is very underrated as well. Mm. And I think he's like perfect vision. Yeah. He's absolutely perfect. I don't think you could have cast anyone better than him. Nope. Um, and the same goes for Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. I can't, you know, after seeing her, you know, I, I always have an issue with her origin according to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to, I don't know, I, I don't know her actual comic origin. I mean, she's supposed to be like daughter of Magneto or something. Uh, yes. Yeah. She's supposed so, to start off as a member of yeah. the Brotherhood. See, I like that version better than this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've met, you know through experiment we created someone this powerful. Mm, <laughs> I struggle with that, uh, but. You know, for her, though, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen knocked it out of the park, absolutely. And then Paul Bettany. So I'd, I'd say overall, even, you know, like the Cat Denning and the, uh, what's yeah. his name there, the other guy you guys mentioned. Oh, uh, Randall guy. Park. Oh, Randall Park, yeah. I, I thought they were, you know, they were good comic relief. Mm-hmm. You know, they were both pretty lighthearted and pretty funny characters. I, overall, I'd say all the acting was pretty good. I think some of the stand, the townspeople were poorly <laughs> you know, as, as small as their roles were, I was like, "Oh boy, we're digging yeah. these guys literally off the street." Um, yeah. A little shaky. So, yeah, but that happens all the time on Disney for some reason. You know, I watch Disney with my kids, and it seems like any person that's a, you know, just a regular schmo, is literally a regular schmo. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I notice things like that. I don't know about you guys, but I notice. You know, I, I always look at like surrounding actors and stuff you know just in in a scene and i'm always looking at you know their expressions and if they're overacting or underacting or whatever so but you know that's here nor there as, as far as the main actors and actresses go yeah very very good very good okay um sarah what did you think of the acting 
Yeah, like, I totally agree with uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. I mean, I think they're just absolutely wonderful actors, lovely people. And, you know, this is one of the first, one of the rare times where, you know, even the kids in this didn't bother me at all. They're, yeah, they were that's good rare. actors, too, yeah, right? They were, yeah. yeah I, I struggle with kid actors, by the way, as we all know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> These ones weren't annoying at all. They actually did a good job. I think they should all be CG. Oh, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> in real life and in movies <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> until they're adults and then they can right. <laughs> come out of CG uh, but yeah everyone did a really phenomenal job Like I have no knocks against the acting okay uh, Jacob yeah I, I agree uh, with everything that's been said I I well, I just I want Paul Bettany to get more love than yeah. he does. Yeah. I, like that, I think is probably one of the bigger takeaways because, like, like Riker mentioned, Elizabeth Olsen. Like, I you can tell she's actually a very good actress from a lot of the stuff she's been in. But I feel like Paul <laughs> Bettany doesn't get enough credit sometimes because, like, there's very few properties that like I know of. Uh, that like he just he's not seeming like he's in a lot but I want him to get some of the credit because he you could tell he just had a blast with this role and like not say any of the others didn't but like him and Elizabeth Olsen and especially the kids too like even outside of them not being like a problem I thought they actually did a pretty good job with some of the very harder moments for kids to deal with like uh the halloween episode with pietro and evan peters i thought that they really handled themselves well and yeah yeah totally yep. well i think ultimately guys i think our we're all in for the most part i think you know different opinions here and there on some stuff i think we're all pretty much in alignment here which is Look, I think it's a good. We all think it's more or less a good show. Um, I think it's a really good show, but you know, it's got some issues, got some problems here and there. But it's a show that is definitely, I think, worth your time to sit and watch. Uh, it's got great acting. It's got an intriguing story. It's got some real weight to its themes, and it's got it's got comedy. It's funny. Um, so you know. WandaVision, uh, the first show for Disney, and I think they really did a great job with the first one. Uh, we'll be uh, reviewing Falcon and the Winter Soldier here, I think, in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, watch out for that. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, thanks, everyone, for jumping on and, you know, talking to <laughs> <laughs> to me about WandaVision sure. and you know, throwing out your opinions. And... Uh, yeah, so we'll see you guys next time, and thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. If you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. 
You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.